Are you curious about how you might have a more fulfilling work life? Well, you're not alone. In fact, the numbers show us that many of us want more fulfilling work lives. I'm Susan Mikriadon, your host. And as a finance director, ops director and leadership coach, who has lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't. People who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. But one thing that I've learned that is common to us all is that we are all unique and have unique experiences and perspectives. So join me and my guests as we place a lens on the people side of work life and explore ways to let your uniqueness shine through by sharing insights, stories, strategies and techniques to inspire your work life. Today, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Kiki. Kiki, you're so welcome to Life Beyond Um, the Numbers. Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. You're so welcome. Now, Kiki, you are back from annual leave. And last week, I probably got one of the best out-of-office auto-replies I've ever had in my life. And I'm going to read out what it said, (laughs) because I think it's something we could all adopt. We believe in taking rest and making sure you are your best healthy self to focus on our well-being through recharge. When was the last time you took time off work or had time away from work? Kiki, that it struck me like it actually made me ask myself that question which I think is a phenomenal way to have an out-of-office auto-reply. Tell me, what was the inspiration? Thank you so much, Susan. You know, even as you say this now, I get a little bit of emotion in me because it takes me back to, we've both spoken about our previous corporate careers and I'm sure we'll talk about it now. And you know, what happens very often is we go on holiday, but we are on, we are on our emails, we are connected still, we're still thinking about work. And over my 10 year journey of going through burnout and also experiencing cancer, I've had to make very big changes when it comes to resting and holidays and so that email auto reply is probably one that I've used for over a year I would say maybe even 18 months as I think about it because I think the first time I put it like that was two years ago when we went to Cyprus and do you know what like when I first created it I was like oh my goodness what will people think but I've just got used to using it actually and it's just it's just how it is. It's just what's expected. And, and it feels great. It really does feel great when you take that rest. And I don't think we rest enough as people and have enough time off. We are on all the time, but actually we need that time to be off and properly deep resting. Does it elicit a response from people, Kiki? Yeah, do you know, sometimes people have responded and said, oh, lovely that you took so much time off. How was it for you? And, you know, some people don't make too much reference to it. But actually, interestingly, recently I saw something on LinkedIn and I'm going to trial it. I haven't trialed it yet. And what they said was in your auto reply to say, do you know what? I'm on a holiday and you'll leave whatever that is having rest. But actually, I will not be reading any of these emails, so I will delete them all. So I suggest if this is really urgent, you re-email me back on 
want Monday there. And I thought from a well-being perspective, wow, that's great too. I'll be honest, we don't get hundreds of emails compared to like where I was in my corporate life, where I'd have hundreds of emails a day. We've really made changes. So for me to have come back, I, I had a manageable inbox that took me probably 20 minutes to, to deal with. <laughs> anyway, I do think it's a great question. And for everyone listening, when was the last time you took a break? And especially now, because maybe our choices are limited in that we, in the last year to 18 months, we haven't had the freedom that perhaps we normally have. But taking rest and taking time away from the day to day is still so important, isn't it, Kiki? It's so important. And you know what, just while you make reference to that, I was thinking about that because we've just come back from being away a week in Cornwall. We don't often holiday in the UK. We love to travel abroad and I know you do too. But with, with the situation that's happened, it's made us do things differently. And so we had this beautiful week away, you know, deep rest, beautiful being by the seaside and just all of that. And I came back to life and I was like, oh, I just like when, you know, when can we experience more travel and, and holidays and you know, all of these sorts of things? And it really made me think about, OK, you know, could we not be creative with our weekends? Could we not say, do you know what? I'm going to have a holiday every weekend and be a little bit more creative. So that's something that I've done. So I've been wanting to paddleboard for as long as I can think about. So I finally said, you know what, I'm going to go and book a session on Saturday and I booked that. So I'm going to start trialing my weekends being a holiday and seeing what that looks like. Now, obviously, there will be elements of things you've got to do, like the food and the, but changing that perspective of what we can do differently with, with what we've got right now. Exactly. And even for us here, we're thinking, let's take a Tuesday or a Thursday off because at the weekends, it can be quite busy on the roads in the UK, especially where we are down this part of the country. And actually just go away in the middle of the week and break the week up. And because a change often is as good as a rest. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're not just going to talk about rest, even though... (laughs) Not, But we are in one way, because Kiki, I suppose one of the things you you referenced burnout there earlier, but top talent often are neglected at work. They're maybe used and abused, maybe not on purpose, but that can be what it feels like. So because they just get on with things and then become a victim of their own success, I guess. But don't we all need someone to look out for us? Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, what happens is we've got people in our everyday work life that are there to, to, to push us, to challenge us, to help us drive, to be better, really. You know, there's leaders that are there to empower us. And, and then you've got your loved ones and you've got your friends. But actually, you know, we need people who also don't know our everyday life to challenge us and our thinking and our approach and and actually really you know people there that aren't just going to tell us what we need um, to hear but also sharpen us in some way or another and I think I've experienced that in many different ways of people who think they're showing a love but actually they are protecting you from growing um in in doing you know things in a different way and 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 achieving things in a completely different way so we need people that are not just in our normal circle to to challenge us and grow in a different way 
And that's, I like that phrase, sharpen us. Because it conjures up a very different image of growth. It's not just growth for growth's sake, but it's to kind of get those edges sharpened to take us to another level. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I can give an example and put some context to this. So when I worked in recruitment and HR over 10 years ago, so I was a top performer, I loved what I did, you know, build consistently, you know, worked in a startup, worked in an underperforming team, and then really top performing team. So loved, 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 loved what I did. Very fulfilling, very purposeful. But actually, if I looked at the mentorship and the leadership I had around me, it It was feeding that growth, which was absolutely amazing. Again, I wouldn't be where I am today without that leadership. However, what was also fed to me was you're not going to find anything better out there. You won't get you won't find the income of what you're getting here elsewhere. And I see this even in the work that I do at the moment in, in the consultancy corporate spaces you know, that sometimes is a way of protect the talent that you've got, but also it's it's belief systems to, to keep people where they are right now. And what it took for me was experiencing that burnout and then um, going through and seeking and getting some, I, I worked with a, um, she was a counselor, also a coach. She worked with top performers, burnt out um, individuals where we then worked together on a number of things of grief of losing my mom at, at a young child. I'm sure we'll come to that, but also working through this decision of, I'd probably outlived this career two years before and I want to change. And, and yes, there was change probably in the organization I could have ha- I could have could have gone for, but that wasn't the right change for me. I needed, I needed change outside of where I was right now. And I've seen that with a few clients I'm coaching at the moment where they've been in places for a long period of time, they're seeking more, they want more, and they've taken that brave step in making a change in their career and their development. It's really interesting. I never thought as much maybe about employers not necessarily trying to keep you down, but maybe to keep you. But mm, that's just counterintuitive of how the world really needs to work. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes a lot of strength, Kiki, to break away from things then. Yeah, massive amount, definitely. For me, it came down to getting ill. You know, I I probably, had I not got ill, I don't think I would have probably left that job. So that's that's what that that looked like for me. And just that I just didn't want that pace of life. I didn't want that stress anymore. I didn't want to be in that day-to-day environment anymore. And and probably as a top performer, I, I got bored, which I hadn't really realized I got bored. And actually that's where I could have had maybe in previous years had counsel or coaching or leadership coaching. I had mentorship in, in the workplace, but with people that were in my everyday, uh, they were in my bubble, they were in my life. There was, you know, many of those people were safe was secure my family included who didn't think it was the right decision to leave a job that I'd been in for such a long time yeah and only like you said earlier on to protect you in a way but no one really knows what's best for you except for yourself however when you start to get ill now was that a gradual thing Kiki or yeah do you know yeah. lots of people ask me that actually and it wasn't it was quite quick I had been focusing on my well-being for a long time of you know I was seeing a personal trainer several times a week so I was running ate well but ate well in the evenings let's put it like that however I would skip lunches maybe skip breakfasts and I guess that took a toll over a period of time but you don't realize it at the time and then all of a sudden started feeling 
exhausted and then just could not get out of bed in the morning. And then the anxiety hit and then the worry hit and then the depression hit. And then literally I could not get out of bed. It was quite quick. It just literally happened. And then I did try to go back to work several times and I, you know, I I didn't want to be alive and really struggled with, with, you know, suicidal thoughts and mental, you know, all of that. But, you know, I had people around me to support me with that. And, and it's been a journey, you know, I'm still on that journey now. That's why when you spoke about that out of office, I got, I could feel the emotion in me because it's been a journey of going through to get the right rhythms and work to get the right balance and work to get the right pace and work, which has been a journey. And, and I don't always get it right. But I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey. It's been a hard journey. I think so. I can relate to so much of what you say there, Kiki, and the journey, not always getting it right, because one of the funny things I think when that happens, it certainly happens to me, is when you start a new habit and you feel this is really working, now I can lay off it. (laughs) I don't need it every day because actually I feel fine. And a, a lot of people say this to me. Well, I started my gratitude habit and after three months I felt great. So I stopped. And it's like, well, so it's that consistency or maintenance of good habits that makes such a difference. What works for you then? What have you found on the journey that helps you maintain something? Good, good question. So a lot of the work we do is about helping clients to slow down teaching them tools and techniques and strategies around slowing down because for all of us it will be very different I'm a natural high achiever within within it will always have been but interestingly I think that that's changed that's changing and I'm sure we'll talk more more a little bit about that but I think for me some of the things that have worked really well is making sure that I've got time off at least every three months so that's worked really well I have stopped working a Friday where I can And by September, I really want to drop that down to three days a week. You know, and what's quite funny is, is my husband saw my goals at the beginning part of the year and he was like, drop down more days. And he's like, well, what will you do with the time? And I think I know you will relate to this is, you know, especially my recruitment days and my HR days is I worked so hard that felt like I'd been in work for like 50 years it really did and then you know having set up my own coaching consultancy business and then experiencing cancer which I'm sure will go there too you know having come back to work after cancer I just want to work less I didn't realize that straight away some of the things that really help me day to day is I always get out in nature very first thing a nice green juice throughout the day, lots of water intake, making sure that I've got enough rest throughout the day. So like something I've just implemented quite recently, it's not been possible, but um, a longer lunch break. So at 12 o'clock till 2.30 so that I can eat lunch. I can go out for a walk with the dogs. Now, I'm not saying that that's possible every day, but I've now it is. It hasn't been possible recently, but now that I've put it in place, it's there because I just got fed up of rushing to eat or rushing to go out for walks, moving your body every single day, you know, unplugging, spirituality, journaling. I like to call it, you know, we teach our clients how to journal more joyfully. I love that. But different stages, it, it working out, you know, you identifying what your paces are and what your rhythms are, because for all of us, it will, it will look completely different. But the key thing is, is hanging on to those habits that are right for you at those different seasons of life that's lovely 
That's lovely because then you don't have to feel tied to one habit either because actually you might adapt to something that works better for you at a particular time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we change all the time. Yeah, we do. And I think also depending on the seasons of life too, of winter, summer, autumn, spring, you know, I think it's just the pace also of, of what we put in and the energy that we need in those seasons, isn't it? And I'm a firm believer in manage your energy, not your time. Yeah, absolutely. And I like to say to clients to really identify where your energy is in some of these key areas. So your social energy, your physical, your spiritual, um, and your social, did I say social? Yeah, mental as well. Sorry, mental, that was it, yes. And I think sometimes depending on on the roles that we've got, I, I noticed probably at the beginning part of the year, a lot of mine was more mental, some spiritual, not enough social because of everything that had been going on. So I know that I needed to put some more social stuff in, whether that be online, you know, at that time, we were all still in lockdown and our shielding. So, you know, but it's you identifying those energy levels that are right for you wherever you are right now. Mm. Now, Kiki, there's been lots of mentions of things throughout here that I'm going to come back and try and wrap into one question, if I may. Of course, of course. First, let's start with your accent, because I know you are obviously not a native English person. So you might tell us where life started out and talk to us about your mom dying when you were 13 burnout cancer it's an incredible amount of things for one human to overcome so whatever you're happy to share I'm sure will help people yeah great so so I know we both share the passion of Africa and Zimbabwe so I'm from Zimbabwe originally that's where I was born but actually my family are Greek so my mum's parents were Greek born in 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 small island in Kassos near Kassos might not know that but they were born there then you know moved to Africa Rhodesia and those sorts of days and then my dad's dad was from Liverpool and my granny was from Athens but grew up in Africa in Zimbabwe a small town called Gweru loved life there very small town you know quite country living and you know we had a happy happy life and then my mum unfortunately passed away to cancer quite quickly when I was 13 and my sister was eight you know really really challenging time and actually part of the burnout was dealing with that grief that I had experienced which I still experience now in the last two or three months I I I had to do some work on that and it just it's continual it's a really tough time hated school you know I was at high school then really didn't enjoy school didn't do very well at school but had a real passion for like entrepreneurship my sister and I who's in my business she's my operations manager we run the business together we used to sell our clothes and so I did a lot of business studies and commercial studies at school and commerce and you know ended up getting into the world of um, working for some entrepreneurs And then I then moved to the UK as people did. I think some people just did it as an opportunity. And then I got into the world of recruitment and HR and actually worked for some some incredible people. And Helen, who who has introduced you and I, you know, Helen was was one of my, my managers and my mentors and my leaders. And, you know, a lot of the work that I do today with our clients has been from the grounding of leadership that I had from her. So really grateful for her, but loved what I did. You know, I started recruitment on 11,000 pounds you know, just over 20 years ago, you know, 11,000 pounds. And I started from the bottom and really progressed up. So 
incredible career experience I've had. It's not always been easy. I've probably made work the idol of my life at many times. I really had to challenge and, and do work on that, but always had a passion for people. I love, love people. And they're at the heart of everything that we do. And, you know, relationships are at the heart of life. So really love that. And just had a passion to have my own business, to set up my coaching and consultancy. And then four years ago had a cough went to the doctor and was diagnosed with cancer and you never ever ever think it's going to happen to you and when you look at um at it kind of pen to paper so my granny died to cancer my mom died to cancer and kind of you know for, for me it it didn't look good but I actually I you know faith and spirituality and God are massive elements of my life and I I absolutely 100% believed that I was going to get healed and I got healed I had stage four cancer and and and, and healed you know got healed now it's not been an easy journey I think after cancer has been the hardest I'd probably say the last two years have been the hardest especially mostly in work because of identity change and not wanting to do the things I used to do and it's been a journey but that's what's kind of led me today but just so grateful for the good and the bad and just what I've learned through that process and the people I've met along the journey and the growth that I've had and how I've evolved through life and continue to evolve through life. And for those of you listening, you can't see the screen because I don't show a video, but the words behind Kiki on her wall are evolve and love. Yeah. So, yeah. And that, that's coming through very much in our conversation. Yeah. That's an incredible amount for somebody to go through, Kiki. And I know that there are other people, obviously, that go through similar things and some people don't. But grief, it's something that we don't talk about a lot, I think. And I'm sure even, well, I shouldn't put words in your mouth, but there's probably an element of grieving for the life that, has changed with cancer as well yeah. and I think yeah. you talked about seasons of life and perhaps we sometimes need to grieve a little bit for new stages or things that pass us by and also this COVID that has you know whipped through us I think there'll be grief to deal with for years to come because now we're kind of in keep going mode but once we stop and realize what we've lost, because a lot of people have lost, I think we'll feel grief. I don't know what you think about that. Yes, absolutely. When you talk about grief there, I think, you know, grief is so big and it's actually something that affects every single one of us in this in this life, isn't it? We will be born, but we will also die. And I think something that I've related to, and that's what came through actually the grief of losing my mom and how I saw the grief was the grief of losing that maternal love. But then actually I went through a period of time of the grief of the job that I left, the career that I've left, I don't know if you experienced that too. And that took me a lot, you know, I wrote a blog about this, of the grief of the friendships, the grief of the clients, the journey, and actually, but, and that's where a lot of the, the work that I do around falling back in love with your work, your life and your health, because we will fall back out of, you know, we will grief, we will, you know, grief is acceptance too. It's about not suppressing all of that. And I, I do think all of us, are going to experience grief in some way or another and it's how we approach that grief because it'll be individual to all of us how we are in tune to our emotions is completely different isn't it and I can only speak for myself but I think it's about letting these feelings sit it's about allowing yourself to, to change things if they're not quite right I know we've been doing that a lot in the last year of the, the way we're working how 
you know, part of COVID has also made me want to work less. That's been part of, but that's taken about a year to implement. It's not, it's not an overnight thing, but actually, you know, really taking the time to ask yourself those questions. Who am I? What am I? What has COVID taught me? And I wrote a list the other day, which I don't have to hand actually, but about what has COVID taught me? What has COVID showed me? And it was a whole list of different things, actually. Um, but it was really insightful. I might do that again, actually, now that I've just said that to you. But, you know, quite a nice tool to, to see. And it makes you um, appreciate things, really. That's a fantastic reflective question uh, for people at this point. And because we learn so much, don't we, about ourselves, but we it's taking the time to reflect on it to really see, yeah, how have I changed in the last 12 to 18 months? What's important to me now that might not have been then? And what am I going to do about it? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, reflection is one of the most underutilized, underused success tools out there. You know, we don't reflect enough um, on the journey of life. We don't reflect enough on what's working, what's not working. Where, where am I responsible for? You know, again, very often we blame certain situations. You know, I know I went through a stage of blaming lots of things in my past of my job and all sorts. But actually, it's up to me. It's up to us as we are the self-leaders of our lives. So we need to do something different if we want change. Absolutely. I completely agree. But we also need to realise that, don't we? And for a, a lot of us will realise it at different points in our lives. I think that's the thing. And sometimes, like you, you know, it was illness perhaps that, that put you on that road. For all of us, I think we experience things at a certain point and maybe when we're ready Yes, absolutely. There's a timing for everything. Yes, definitely. And I think also if we are busy, 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 there's no time then for, for those new things to o- open up. And something I say to many clients is how can you get some more white space in your diary, more white space? I know that that was a goal on my list for at least two years. That was a habit I try to work towards more white space in the diary, because then when there's that clear space, there's an opportunity to get the clarity, to, to hear your thought process, to know what you want to do differently. Mm. And yes, there's busy, busy, busy at work and then go on holidays that are hectic too. Yes. It, rather than actually just lie on the beach and not yeah. feel guilty that you're doing nothing. And, and look, I, I love activity as well, but it is really important to have that complete stop. Yeah, yeah. And we need that daily, not just holiday. We need that daily. You know, we get 24 hours a day. We need to go to bed and we need to rest. We need to play hard also in the, in the work, in, in the daytime and have that adventure. But we need to keep going. You know, think about your mobile phone. You charge it every night, don't you? Your, your, your laptops, you charge it every night. So that's the same as you, not just waiting until you get to your holiday to charge because that's not enough. No, it's not enough. You said that people are at the heart of everything you do and in the coaching and consulting with teams and so on. How do people react to talking about feelings? Because something that came up while you talked is there is a South African psychologist, Susan David. I don't know if you've come across her. No, I haven't. So I'll have to look at that. Yeah, and she's fabulous. And she's written a book. I think it's called Emotional Agility. Okay, no, I haven't heard of it. And one of the things she says is, you know, people come into her room and they say to her, I don't want to feel any of this stuff. I just don't want to have to feel it. I want to, you know, be myself again or whatever. 
And she says to them, you have dreams of dead people because only dead people don't feel. Now, I think that's quite an extreme way to... to, But what's it like? Because I know a lot of people don't want to go there, Kiki. Yeah, yeah, they they, they don't. You're, You're absolutely right. And I think... People don't want to go there because perhaps maybe they're afraid of what will come out of that or the uncomfortableness or or actually because people have been using coping mechanisms for so many years. You know, mine was from 13 to 30 was drive, work, push, strive, be number one, because I didn't know anything else. So that that's what it was for me. But actually, you know, knowing that every, every we are made as human beings. So we are a human being. We have a mind, we have a body, we have a soul and a spirit. And so we're made to feel all of these emotions. So at some stage or another, you can suppress them for so long, but then you have to open up your heart or something will happen for you to open up your heart. And actually often it's some of those those not so great emotions, which we all experience, will will not often last for as long as you think that they're going to last for. You acknowledge it. And then you deal with it. And something I say to some of my clients who don't really like to deal with emotions is, you know, wake up in the morning, ask yourself, what color is the state of my heart today? So like mine today was was probably a little bit bluey, you know, maybe a bit bluey yellow and, and acknowledging what that feeling was. So I know for me, I was a little bit tired today. It's been quite full since I've come back to work. We're about to go and have another holiday next week, which is lovely. I've seen the PT a couple of times this week so really pushed my body so you know just a little bit tired but but okay I I know there's been times when my heart's been black and it's been like lost and you know stuck and but if you can acknowledge that daily that that can be a really great way to experience those emotions and be in tune with your emotions and understand your body more understand your mind understand where those emotions are coming from what is it um, that those emotions are telling you because our emotions will tell us what we need to know Mm. just whether or not we're willing to listen Mm. that's really interesting because I think as well in a workplace perhaps you're getting feedback that you're coming across as abrasive or you distance people you're not approachable there's all of these things that you're not easy to work with and so on and it's quite possible that it's the emotions that have the answer to that and you don't understand yourself why you're coming across like that because it's not what you intend no no and it's about allowing people to have that opportunity to express how they feel what's important to them and that's where it comes down to also that you know heart-led leadership of how you're leading your people you know where are the you know where are people at the heart of everything you do which is a lot of what we do in our consultancy is you know that the heart is your people you know if your people are not happy then then you do not have a good business it's not going to last because the people are at the heart of what you do and so it's about really making sure that those relationships are aligned making sure that your employees are engaged making sure that there's communication making sure that you're talking to your employees making sure that you're developing your employees in our syncing up heartbeat framework which is something we work with clients on there's three key areas of people purpose and process and actually it's making sure that everything is aligned from recruiting you know people in developing the retaining them the goals the visions you know, that the processes, the structure, the implementation within the everyday. But what I do see, and I'm sure you see this too, is 
often it's all about the money it's all about the profit it's all about the the sales of the business which obviously the business needs but it needs to be aligned it all needs to be to be in in a succinct way because otherwise that's when you you face really challenging issues and look there will be challenges every day won't there there will be chaos but it's how you navigate that it's what it's the process and the way in which you deal with this absolutely and Like, obviously, a a business doesn't survive without being profitable in the first instance, but your profits will grow if your people are happy. And when there's chaos, the people will come together and sort it out because actually they know how to work with each other and they're kind of rooting for each other. And there's so much that actually by bringing people together makes everything in a business better. Yes, absolutely. But it comes down to everybody having a part to play. And that being a part that brings out their strengths as well. Exactly, exactly. And areas of development and growth, you know, we all need to grow and develop, don't we? It just depends on what we all need as individuals. And there's one line on your website that there's a number of them that struck me. But one in particular, Kiki, was you said the hard truth really is you're either developing your people or you're not. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is really key because a lot of organizations will say well we have this policy and but who's benefiting from it and is it individualized are you developing people yeah and I think sometimes people think that it needs to be something really massive and and but it's just every day you know people being heard people having a plan for themselves you know quite quite early on when I came back to work after cancer we were speaking to a potential client in the recruitment industry because that was my background and you know they said well we really do a lot of well-being for our employees and when I kind of asked a little bit more about well-being and it was well we give them some fruit and they can go to the gym and well-being and wellness is far greater than that and I think there's a real you know especially I see it a lot in leaders in in certain industries I won't maybe maybe I will you know especially in the sales industries and the recruitment industries financial service industries I think some of those really you know we we quite particular about who we do business with now and 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 how people do how their people support their staff and 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 how they leading as directors but I very often see the MDs the CEOs and the leaders operating in a way that isn't aligned with how they do business with their clients or uh, there's a real disjointment there but actually all of this starts at the top it starts with you as a leader of that business you as a leader and how you're leading your people and I know in my days in recruitment oh my goodness I was a tough taskmaster I pushed people I yes I developed them to, to a degree but also it was all about work 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 and obviously I've had to learn that over the years having my own team too has, has, has made me you know my word actually for this year has been leadership because this time last year I realized you know what actually there's some things that I need to improve on as a leader for my people and and so we've got to take ownership of our leadership with our people because we're leading people and then what happens is people underperform and people don't do very well and then we blame the people but actually if we backtrack how have you developed that person how did you onboard them how did you manage them how did you recruit them in and this maybe is a whole other episode on itself because I could talk to a lot of detail about that because we have an ownership of, of, of how we treat people that's fabulous and I, I love the way you worked it all the way back to even starting with well you know did we look for the right person are we a good fit for one another that we'll both 
learn from this experience. And yeah, there's so many stages. It's a, it's kind of the life cycle, isn't it, of a, an yeah. employee? Yeah, absolutely. And you know what I said? I'm sure you've probably experienced this on your journey is you just do not know who you're going to meet on the way up your career, the way down your career and sideways to your career. You know, I've had people that have been my clients that have ended up being candidates. I've had people that um, have been bosses that I've ended up interviewing. I've had teachers who I've ended up interviewing. So you just do not know who you're going to cross paths with. And it's really important to love people, to treat people fairly. Obviously, yes, things will go wrong, but it's how you manage that process, isn't it? It's how you manage the complaints. It's how you deal with it. It is. And of course, things go wrong. They go wrong in our own lives. So why wouldn't they go wrong at work? Exactly. And it's kind of being open to, well, again, it's almost like what has COVID taught me? What has this taught me? And how might I improve the next time around? Yeah. Because it's a, the journey is evolve is a great word and improve. How can I improve for how I show up, but also for others? Yeah. Yeah. And actually something I was having in in one of my coaching programs yesterday, having coaching for myself and actually one of the questions came out which I think is quite relevant to what we're talking about here but what's it like to be in a relationship with you and work at home your spirituality all of that and I think sometimes again we're so quick to blame everybody else around us but actually what is it really like to do business with you what's it really like for you to be a leader I know that I have quite high expectations as a leader in my business but what I do do is I bring people along and I show them and I teach them and I develop them and that came from Helen you know Helen showed me how to do that what 20 years ago and but I'm always honest and open with constructive feedback of expectations and so people know where they are with me that's the important thing I love that because, well, first of all, I must say who Helen is. So yes. Helen Joy, <laughs> Keep talking about this, Helen. joy to work with. Yes. And Helen runs a company called People Spark now. And Helen introduced Kiki and I. And now I lost my train of thought. What was the other one? Oh, yeah. Where, where you stand. I mean, that that's always been my approach as well, Kiki, that, you know, I want people to know where they stand with me. And I like that in return and that open and honest conversation. And obviously it it took a while to get there as well, because we start out and we don't know what we don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Board feedback and learn lessons. And I think you learn as much from the horrible situations you go through, if not more. And a motivation for me always was I would never treat someone the way I've been treated So I must make sure to take that lesson on board and never let it come out where I work. Yeah, absolutely. Really great value to have in place. Mm. So Kiki, how does somebody connect with you if they would be interested in working with you and learning more? Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. So you can find us on all of the social media platforms. So we're very active on Facebook, Instagram, um, and LinkedIn. So if you were to search for me on LinkedIn, you'll find me at Kiki Stanton. That is my married name. And then on the other platforms, you'll find us at Kiki Kirby Cope and then Kiki Kirby Consultancy. And then you can also find us by accessing our website, which is kikikirbycoaching.com. 
www.kikikurvy.co.uk and then www.kikikurvyconsultancy.co.uk. We also have a podcast, uh, which Susan, I, I know we're going to have you on our podcast, which is called the Kiki Kirby Podcast, Evolving in a Heart-Centered Way. Um, so I'd love to connect with you somehow if something of what I've shared here has resonated with you. And, you know, Susan, just love, love some of the work that you're doing too and just your journey of, of, of coming out of corporate life and the things you're passionate about too. So, you know, thank you for listening, everybody. I hope that something that we've shared here will have sparked something within you to do something different, to make some sort of change, either in your health, your life and your work, because the change starts with you. Absolutely, Kiki. And I want to say thank you so much for being so open and covering topics like suicidal thoughts, grief, burnout, that you need to be at a certain stage to be able to do that in your journey. And I really appreciate that openness with us. And for anyone that's curious about change, this was a great episode to listen to. So thank you so much for your time, Kiki. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Imagine if every day you enjoy work, express yourself fully and exceed expectations. I believe we're all entitled to have this and that the future of work life will be changed by those who strive for and create more fulfilling work lives for themselves, their colleagues, their teams and wider organisations. Thank you for listening today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with someone you know who is curious like you.